This podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Helen Hills Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. Hello. Welcome. Uh, I think this is triple digits. So isn't that like a lucky one? Is this a lucky? This is not lucky. I know what story I'm doing. This is not a lucky episode. Haven't we been triple digits? No, no, like one, one, one. Oh, okay. Because I'm thinking like 109 is still triple. Like No, no. Sorry. I was thinking like the same number. Uh, okay. I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. Like repeating. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that is lucky. Um, as long as it's not the six. Unfortunately, I don't think it's lucky for you. For me? Mm-mm. Oh, God. Is this because of the story that you chose? Yeah. Let's not talk about it yet. How are okay. you? Uh, well, Annie still has hand, foot, and mouth, and now it's on her face. So I'm paranoid. I'm so paranoid. I have, like, I've been carrying hand sanitizer around with me. I've been sanitizing my hands and my face, which I don't think is healthy. Uh, but I really don't want to catch this. What did the doctor give you to treat her with that? Treat oh, her for that? That's what's fun. So nothing. Um, because oh. it's viral. So, mm. yeah, nothing. <laughs> So now you're just praying for the best. I'm really hoping I don't get this. Yeah. Because it was just in her diaper. That's tolerable. Cool. Okay. We've just been using gloves when we change her. And she's had like one on her foot. Uh, well, somehow now it's on her face. I don't know how. I'm sure her hands, even though we've been trying to wipe them down. And like she's been wearing. <sighs> no. I was going to say she's been wearing, like, socks and shoes, but that's only when we go out. Mm -hmm. Because the air is apparently what heals it. I asked the doctor, like, can I just put, like, gloves and socks on her? And the doctor was like, no, because they need to air out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit. So now she's not leaving the house at all because it's on her face and she can actually, like, contaminate stuff. We can't just throw some clothes and some shoes on her and hide it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have to go back to the doctor tomorrow, not to take her, strictly to pick up a note for work and then take it to work because I'll be out even longer now. And I'm sure your work is so thrilled about that. Uh, my, luckily, my boss is, oh, my God, she's so great. She's like, you know, hey, it happens. She's had three kids. They're like teenage and older now, but. So she gets it, but at the same time, my coworkers are like, we missed you. And then, yeah, I got back Friday. I worked Friday and Saturday, and they were like, we missed you so much. And then I was like, <laughs> I won't be there Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You and James are just rotating who's off, right? Yeah. Like, when he's off work, I'll go to work. But there's no way he can work 12 hours at night and then stay up with her and then do it all. There's no way in hell. Mm-hmm. And since he makes three times as much as I make, um, it only makes sense for me to be the one to miss work. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> he pays the mortgage, so he goes to work. I guess. He's not using PTO, right? No, because he only has uh, 36 hours left. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's saving those for when Lee gets here. Because I would... <laughs> much rather him be there for that first at least oh, week for sure yeah when annie was born he was able to take two weeks 
uh, but Annie is sick all the time, so neither of us have the time to take off this go around. So yeah, those last thirty six hours, I was like, nope, just keep them. We're gonna need them here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame you. I would I would assume that's what you prefer to would prefer to do. Sorry, I'm eating at the same time. That's okay. I have a bag of Sour Patch Kids. I'm I'm waiting to bust into. So yeah, we're just um, nurturing and avoiding our little contagion here. How are you? Um, I'm good. I got a lot of cleaning done over the weekend, which was it's something that I feel like I haven't been able to do, like a lot of deep cleaning lately, because we've been at it with stories and stuff. Yeah, we've been really like, we've been really hammering it. Yeah, so we didn't record over the weekend. Yeah, surprise, surprise, guys, it's Monday, so it's not like it's that far off. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't record over the weekend, so I got a bunch of, like, the deep cleaning done. I'm getting through laundry, which has piled up a little bit. And, like, I felt very productive. This room did not get touched, but <laughs> that's that's fine. The rest of the house got its deep clean. <laughs> like, I was able to actually get under the couch and mop really well. And Whoa. Our rug got washed. Is it put back down yet? No, but it is clean. Hey, it has to be dried. Well, I mean, it's dry. I'm just helping you. Like, it's a rug, mm-hmm. so, you know, they're thicker. They have to dry more or something. Well, it's um, it's more that I washed the rug, but by the time it got cleaned, I needed to sweep and mop again. And I didn't have the energy to sweep and mop yesterday. Or last night, I should say. I was done. I did that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So. See, that's where I'm bad at cleaning. Because uh, I did a little bit of cleaning as well, but I started three stories and finished one so i did the opposite i did not clean the house but i got a lot of research done Mm -hmm. um but i did like tidy up jack's room because that kind of became a catch-all one because he hasn't been here because every time the poor boy is supposed to come down and he's been sick so Mm -hmm. we've been just kind of (laughs) not not um putting him at risk yeah you're just protecting him yeah and uh so yeah that on top of the floors like finally getting those finished his room's just become a catch-all so i got a lot of that cleaned out today Mm -hmm. so i was a little productive i wouldn't say very productive but i was productive hey you got stories done i i really did or started at least yeah so I did something. So if I come, if next weekend, if I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, my story's not done. You have every right in the world to just throw cuss words at me. And be like, you said, I have mm-hmm. evidence that you said. Yeah. Just pull this episode and then just send me that one little voice clip. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, okay, damn it. Yeah, you're right. You didn't say they were done. You said they were started, though. But so. I got a, I got a good start. Well, the good news is that you get to do two paranormals in a row, which are the easier stories. And I started one of those. So, So. hey, win-win. I started one. No, started two, finished one. We're good. Wait, I thought you started three. Yeah, one of them was true crime. Oh, okay, okay. So. I don't know. I just really marathoned. What happened is I watched a documentary on YouTube. For one, 
And then you know that YouTube rabbit hole where you just keep watching videos? Yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mad at it. I mean, I'm not mad either, but... <laughs> what I am mad about is yesterday we were supposed to record. So yesterday, when we were doing all that, it was too late for me to change my story until you said something. I could have changed my story yesterday morning and had it done by today and not had to do this nightmare. Sorry. I didn't mean to nap that long. I didn't mean to nap that long. Hey, I know you've been there, though. Listen. The headache naps are hard to get up from. They are. They are. I'll give you credit on that one. However, (laughs) a little more warning next time. (laughs) Will do. In my defense, I did, like, I texted you as soon as I woke up. Well, I'm just saying more, um... On the front so that I can change my story. Because I sent you a warning text yesterday. I did get that text. I Was it yesterday? Yeah. Pretty I'm sure. just going to apologize now for my story. I chose it before I knew all the details. And now I regret it. Oh, yeah. I was asleep. Damn you. Sorry. Dang, that was a long nap. If you were already yeah, asleep by... What, that was... Almost one, and then it was almost two when you messaged me. Mm-hmm. Because she takes a nap at twelve, so I try to nap at the same time she does. Because she usually only naps for like an hour or two, mm-hmm. and then I woke up at what? I text you at three o nine, and that was like the first thing I did was text you. So yeah, it was like a four hour nap. So that was I lost four hours of research time, and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, that's a lot. I mean, it's fine. I just wish I could have changed my story. <laughs> I would have just saved this one for another day. I just was like, <sighs> I don't know if I'm mentally prepared to do it. So it sounds like we have a Band-Aid to rip. You don't want to ask about my day? About my life? Did you already do that? I'm really tired, okay? Did I do that? I thought I did that. Did you? Hey, I don't know. Day? It's been a day. Yeah, because we talked about cleaning. We t- yeah, you asked. It oh, was good. okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, aside from other things that we have to do, shots. Um, we're we started shots again. Um sucks because we had to add 12 hours, so that's extra shots. Oh. <sighs> However, it did swap from having to do it in the morning to being able to do it at night, which I feel like we talked about last time. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did talk about that because that sounds what I would rather stay up. To take the shot, then wake up to take I a think, shot. I think I think because we recorded Thursday, and that's the day we did the first shot. And I had to stay up late. Yeah, and now you had yeah. a Red Bull, and it was gross. It was a gross Red Bull. Um, <laughs> what else? Let's think. What else? I had Mill over. I had my little sister over, and we went to the pumpkin patch. And what was that? it was good. We invited some friends that we haven't seen in a while, and they brought their daughter and um. The girls just kind of ran around, and then we did the the haunted corn maze. Mill cried. Oh no! We, it's not like we've not taken her to these before. We've been doing it yearly for like the last three or four years. This is the first year she cried. What happened? It was at the very beginning. So get in, and we had to get around, like you know, all this weird maze stuff in this house whatever um 
And someone jumps out. And I think what happened is they she felt trapped because the person, it's narrow and the person's directly in front of her. I couldn't get between her because of how narrow it was. And the person broke character and was like, it's, o- it's okay. Because she was just frozen <laughs> in fear. So then after that, she had to be behind me, which was fine. But she was she was better. Like she kept kind of trying to compose herself. And I would be like, look, and I'd be telling her jokes. Like one guy was like, hey, do you think he'll do the Macarena? And the guy heard, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then we, we kept walking. But, you know, silly things like that. So she was better. It was just right at the beginning. I think her, she had that feeling of being trapped, and it just caused her to panic. No, I, I 100% get that. Yeah. So. Poor thing. Oh, my God. She was fine. Because I was going to say, uh, sorry, I was going to say, I, I remember you, like, every year you send me pictures of this on snapchat and i thought y'all did this yearly so when you said she cried it was like huh yeah i i asked her i was like well we don't have to go next year she's like no i want to go she's like i had fun even though that first part really spooked her and got to her yeah like i think being able like as we walk through and like cody and i laugh at him now like we're not we're not screamers like we don't walk through and freak out we just kind of laugh at him and i think her kind of seeing that calmed her down a little bit and then when i'm making jokes she was kind of like, oh, okay, it's it's okay. But Okay, I get that. And that'll probably help her in the long run, too, because I'm the same way. Like, I, I'm not really a jumpy person. Like, I'll get startled, don't get me wrong, but as far as, like, physically, like, oh, it takes a lot to get me to jump. Right. But I'm the same where I can just go through and just kind of laugh and appreciate the jump scares. Yeah. Love a good haunted house. Oh, yeah. And, like, Mill, like, while we were in line, there was someone, you know, walking up and down trying to spook people. And keep in mind, this is, like, a little, like, this is not anything fancy by any means. Not, this is corn maze. You walk through it. Super easy. But, like, even in line, someone was standing behind my shoulder. And while I'm there, I'm stupid. I just was like, yes. <laughs> like, what do you, I know you're trying to get a reaction out of me, but you're not going to get it out of me. Yeah. And so they kept trying and I just kept looking over like, really? Can I help you? <laughs> like a mill does this a thousand times. I don't know why you think this is scary. For yeah. So she I was fine. three though. dogs at home that hover when I eat. Like this is nothing, bro. Right. That's nothing. <laughs> and then um, the next day, because she obviously did a sleepover, the next day my brother calls me and he's like, hey, what time are you dropping Millie off to mom and dad? I don't know. Mom and dad just said they were helping grandma until one. So I, I have no idea. I'll just call him at one and figure out when. And he's like, well, can I drop my boys off with you? Because they're headed down to Vegas and I'm kind of I'm on the way down that way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure. So I had my nephew for I don't even think very long. It was probably like an hour, two hours tops. Yeah, they're crack ups though, because they're all three of them, all three of them. They so Mill had her phone. Uh, my my oldest nephew had his iPad, and those two are playing Roblox, which I don't understand that game at all. All I heard, I was so confused with what I heard. It was like buses and ducks and dogs and collars, and I, I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, you know what, whatever. I not my problem. And then my youngest nephew, he he's just watching. And at the time, they had Victorious on the TV because that's what Mill was watching. And I'm like, I feel kind of bad because 
like, yeah, they might like Victorious, but Walker's the only one not doing something. So why hasn't Walker chosen the show? Fair. So yeah, I, that sounds fair. I let him choose and he turned on the first Harry Potter. Oh, great decision. Yeah. Well, I mean, I offered it. I was like, well, I was thinking about turning on Harry Potter, but you guys want to watch Victorious. And he was like, yeah, I want to turn on Harry Potter. And the <laughs> other two were like, no. And I'm like, you two are distracted. He can decide. Like, this yeah. feels fair. Um, but yeah, they're crack ups. And then what else? What else? <sighs> I think that's it. That was the highlight. It was kind of fun. Just a fun weekend. I got to do cleaning, hang out with the little turd. I got so much cleaning done. Oh, I did have one more thing that I just thought of to add. Um, I'm pretty sure Annie's cussing. I can't. I, I don't I approve. know. Like me and James both, we hear her every now and then. And it sounds like she says, oh shit. <laughs> and I know I mentioned it to him yesterday and I was I said something. I was like, I swear to God, sometimes she's saying, oh shit. And he's like, you know, I've thought that too. But the weirdest thing is like, that's not really something that me or James say a lot. It, it So it might be something that it might be something that it, it would it would have to like she's not getting it from daycare. Like I'm very positive of that. But maybe it's just something that we said offhandedly once and she just like grubbed onto it. I don't know, but we're not like I am more likely to say to drop an F bomb than I am an S bomb. So I would rather it be shit, but I'm pretty sure sometimes she's just, she'll fall or something and she's like, oh shit. And I'm like, did you just, did, did you, you just say what I, oh, what I didn't tell you is I've been teaching her that Amanda. I believe that hundred percent actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I call her up every day and go, Annie say, oh shit. And, and she, then she very much will. I'm working on bullshit. She did say bitch today, but that was my fault <laughs> because I was, I was on the phone with the doctor and the woman was just very blunt. Like, okay, I'll have the nurse call you back. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Bye-bye. And she just goes click. And I'm like, rude bitch. And Annie goes, bitch. And I'm like, no, 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 That's, that's not a great word. You're like, never mind, never mind. Yeah. We're not gonna say that anymore. Mm -hmm. I just went because if I tell her no too many times, now it's fun and it's a game. So instead I'm just like, no, fish. And I try to get her to say fish. So I don't know if it works or not, but we're You're just trying to redirect. You're like, no fish. Yeah. I said fish, not fish. <laughs> no, no, baby, fish. Like, I don't know. Because the she looks yeah. at you like you're an idiot, right? Like, I yeah. heard you, Mom. I heard you didn't say fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that sounds about right. Well, yeah. that's that's fun. <laughs> I, I had a feeling you'd appreciate that. I do. I actually do. <laughs> I approve. Go, Annie, go. <laughs> Look, I expect someone to teach my children how to swear so that I have to correct it and be like, no, who taught you that shit? Grandma did? <laughs> <laughs> I'll know if I'll know if the child starts saying shit. That's my mom. It's her her favorite word. I guess she could have gotten it from um, video chatting with my grandparents because that's my my granny's favorite word is shit. Oh, see, 
I mean, I don't, don't blame the grandparents, but it's probably the grandparents. I don't think she says it much either. I don't know. I don't know where the child got it from. Let's be real. It's probably us. Probably. So. That's oh, well. fine. Well, speaking of some bullshit, are you almost ready for a bullshit story? Um, I think after some socials, yeah. Okay, well, we do have those. We have social media. So we do have our social media up and going. So Instagram, Helen Hills Podcast, X, formerly Twitter, Helen Hills Pod, Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast. We post pictures there. So if you want to see what pictures we're referencing, you can go and look at the pictures. We also have our Discord up, our Patreon's up, our link tree is up. So to access any of those, our patrons get early access to episodes. We have a Discord up and going. You can come bullshit, call us idiots like my dad does all the time. Okay. Oh, that reminds me. I got to tell you something my dad called me about today. Okay. Um, and then I think that's it. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, I know what it is. And then if you guys do like listening to us, please tell your friends to listen as well. Spread the word. That's the best way for us to grow so we can continue bringing you guys some bullshit stories. Um, the thing that I forgot to tell you. Your dad. He's ridiculous. He no. calls me today and he's like, yeah, I know what you and Amanda need to do for Halloween. Because guys, remember, oh, we didn't do time traveling. Sorry, guys. We're October. You guys are hearing this in December. It's fine. Holly jolly yeah. holidays. Anyways, he calls <laughs> and he's like, I know what you guys need to do for Halloween. And I'm like, okay, what? And he's like, just blonde wigs. And I was like, okay, what are we doing with these blonde wigs? And he's like, you guys are just going to be blondes for Halloween. I was like, that doesn't work. We're already coconuts. We got the brown hair, blonde yeah. insides. It's fine, dad. Yeah, that, that's not. Oh. That is my dad's Halloween costume suggestion. Well, joke's on him. I already have a costume and that's not it. So what'd you end up doing? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. Because <gasps> by because by this time, you'll already know. I guess I could just tell you because they won't know. But it's really good. Fuck it. I'm going to be a magic eight ball. Nice. What is it going <laughs> to say? What is it going to say? Try ask again later. Oh, no. It's going to say not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> yes. Because that's the theme of this last month. So, yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. Done. Mm -hmm. I like it. I thought about doing the, uh, what does it say? Something like answer hazy. Please try again. No. We're gonna not, a not a chance. Yeah, I mm -hmm. don't blame you. The story doesn't look familiar, but I already don't like it. It's because I'm avoiding it. And I bet you anything you'll know it because it's... I'm just going to... Spoiler, it's the Chicago Rippers. Oh, no. Why would you do this? I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Mm. Anyway, so okay. spoiler. Sorry. Mm. Okay. Anyways, on May 23rd, 1981, 28-year-old Linda Sutton appeared in Illinois. She was, I'm questioning if I have her age right, because now I have 26 written down. So she was, I'm pretty sure she was 28. Uh, she was just 28 years old at the time. She was a mother of two. She had gone missing near Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field is the home to the Chicago Cubs. Dad. <laughs> Chicago Cubs. Thank you. You sure it's not the Cubes? The Chicago Cubes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a famous baseball team, in case you guys did not know. Um, now I'm questioning if I have her age wrong. Hold on. I've got to double check. 
28 years old. Yes. Okay. So, Wrigley Field, home to the Chicago Cubes. Yes, I know I'm saying it like a, a tardo. Um, Chicago comes from my Hispanic grandmother. She calls it Chicago. <laughs> and she's it. right. So, anyways, this area, it's very heavy traffic, touristy area, right? And reports state she was walking by and she's later abducted. Her body is found 10 days later on June 1st, 1981, outside of a motel that was Villa Park. Police were called out due to a foul or odor from behind the Rip Van Winkle Motel. But when police arrived, they were not expecting to find something as extreme and gruesome as they did. Police find the body of Linda Sutton. Reports state that she was severely decomposed. She was found to be mostly bones with small amounts of flesh still clinging to her bones. Ten days later? Ten, oh, it gets crazier. Okay. She was found with handcuffs on her wrists, a gag in her mouth. Her body had very clearly been mutilated. She was found with her sweater still on, but her underpants had been removed down to her ankles, I believe. Her socks were found with a roll of cash in it. So as far as police were concerned, this is clearly not a robbery. The coroner would find that she had been gang raped, sodomized, stabbed, both breasts removed. The medical examiner was able to determine that her left breast had been removed while she was still alive. Oh, God. She had only been dead for three days. Why the hell did she look the way she did? Did they do something? Oh, the advanced state of decomposition was caused by the numerous large, like, her breasts were removed as well as she was mutilated. So that helped speed up decomposition as well as wildlife scavenging on her body oh god so she was tortured yep sure sure was (sighs) it would take authorities two weeks to identify her body to be that of linda sutton and they had to do it via dental records they couldn't get fingerprint matches because of how badly she was decomposed oh god and police they don't have any leads. They have zero evidence. They have no idea who could have done this. And this was only the start to a string of attacks that would be attributed to the Chicago Rippers, or they're also known as the Ripper. Did you say, um, was she dumped there, or was she killed there, or do they know? They believe that she was killed, well, kind of both. We'll talk about it probably next episode. Oh, by the way, guys, this is a two-part episode. Yay. Spoiler, you don't get to be done with this torture until next episode. Okay. <clears throat> so. <sighs> okay. The next victim is Cynthia Smith. She actually survived her attack, but I could not find much information about her attack, but she is attributed as one of the victims. On February 12th, 1982, a young unnamed cocktail waitress had run out of gas. Her car was abandoned on the road. When police arrived, her purse was still in the front seat and the keys to the car were still in the ignition with a very clear indicator that it was still empty. Her body was found nude, mutilated, very clear signs she had been tortured and raped, and she was found along the roadside. Again, police just don't know what to do. They don't have any leads. 
And to make it worse, just a few days later, police find a victim. This time, an unnamed Hispanic female. Again, very clear indications that she had been tormented. Her breast had been, quote, savagely bitten. And it was clear that someone had masturbated over her body. <clears throat> okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> After this... After the discovery of this victim, a psychic would come forward and tell police that the perpetrator was a local animal lover who had a family, but those are all the details that psychic was able to give, and it still didn't do much for police. They still had no idea who was doing this. Were they, did they give any credit to the psychic? To, uh, like, 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 the police, like, did they just, like, dismiss it, or? I didn't really find much information. I think what it really came down to police are like well that's really great information however how many married animal lovers or animal lovers who have a family are in chicago okay yeah fair so i always just think it's interesting because i'm never like i don't know i'm on the fence about like psychics um but i feel like generally anytime the police give them any form of credibility it's it's always met with like desperation on the police's part right right so they still have no leads they have no clue they're they're just like okay well this is now our third victim i guess we just keep trying to figure something out and on may 15th 1982 almost a year after the first attack another one go this time it is 21 year old lorraine or Lori borowski Lori was abducted outside of the Elm, Elmhurst real estate office. She had left her apartment for work at around 8 a.m. She was there at the real estate office trying to open up because she worked there. And when her boss arrived, he found that the doors were still locked. And he noticed that there was a pair of women's shoes, a keychain with keys, and cosmetics outside of the door. So in his mind, he thought someone was first and he was going to call police. He would quickly realize, though, that one of the keys of the office and that they were actually Lori's belongings. Police would again begin a search for Lori, but just to no avail. They had no idea who would do this. They immediately searched the surrounding areas for Lori with the help of her boss. Like he called, they started searching right away. They would talk to her neighbors, get a description of what she had been wearing that morning, and police would issue a bolo for that day and they did consider her to be in danger but nothing they had no clue where she could be they had no idea what happened to her who could have taken her and they don't have a lot of time before another woman goes missing it's also scary because lorraine was the fourth victim or counting the woman who lived one two three fifth Oh, fourth victim. Hold on, wait. Uh, Linda Sutton, Cynthia, and then the two, the cocktail waitress and the unidentified Hispanic woman. Yeah, so she's the fifth. Okay, so she's the fifth. None of these women look alike. Nope. Nope. That's even more terrifying. Because I know with, like, Ted Bundy, you know, women would just cut their hair, dye their hair, part it a different way. But, like, what do you do when there's no target like the target is just woman right 
So police, they don't have much time to search for Lori before another woman goes missing. On May 29th, 1982, oh, I should have Googled how to say her name. Shui Mak would disappear, I'm guessing, is her name. Shui Mak? I don't know. S-H-U-I. Shui Mak. I should have Googled, and I'm sorry I didn't. I watched a documentary a few days ago, and it already left my head. But she was 38 years old. She would disappear in Hanover Park. She had an argument with her while they were driving home to the family's restaurant located in Greenwood. During the argument, she would get out of the car. Her brother had actually told her, get out of the car, get a ride home with mom and dad because they're not too far behind in a separate car. So he just thought, oh, they'll see her and pick her up. Not a big deal. But when her mother and sister and parents, father, arrived home without her, they realized, okay, we passed her. We've got to go back and get her. Oh, her poor brother. Everyone piles into the cars trying to bring, go find her to bring her home, but they would never find her. Police and family would again begin a search for her. There's just nothing. There's nothing. I feel so bad just just trying to imagine how her brother feels. Yeah. And it was the argument that was described was something kind of silly. Like the family owned a restaurant and she was upset with her brother because he took one of the tables back to his house so that he could use it like to paint something in his garage. And so she was upset with him and he was like, get out. We're not having this argument anymore. Oh no. I feel so, so bad for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for her too, but I, I just, I imagine he, he probably suffered with a lot of guilt. I can only imagine the whole family because oh. the sister and mother had, would have passed her on the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they also feel a lot of guilt. So police, they again don't have a lot of time before there's another attack. However, this victim would survive her attack. On June 13th, 1982, 23-year-old Angel York was abducted. This again two weeks later. The perpetrators would pick Angel York up in a van. Angel was working as a sex worker at the time and believed she was getting in the van with with a John or a client. And she would quickly learn that there was more than one man in this van and they would handcuff her. One of the men would hand her a knife and command that she cut her own breast, which at this point she doesn't have much of a choice. So she does. Once she cut herself, one man would take the knife and cut her more. And she kind of describes this man as going into a frenzy. And then that man would masturbate into the wound. (gasps) no 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 once done they would duct tape the wound and leave her on the street and like i said she did survive this attack she was able to give some descriptions of the attackers but she didn't really get a, a lot she had general brown hair tall white She didn't have any names. She also didn't see many details about the van or give many details about the van. So for police, it didn't produce any leads in the investigation still. And then it was calm for two months because there were no attacks that were reported for two months. Feels like a long time. Because right now they're like two weeks apart. And then all of a sudden, two months. Now, granted, some of that might just be that victims have not been discovered. Mm -hmm. in that time frame 
Um, we'll talk about it later. On August 28th, 1982, Sandra Delaware, she is just 18 years old and she is the next victim. Her body was found under the Fullerton Avenue Bridge, which is located on the north end of the Chicago River, branch of the Chicago River. She was found with her wrists bound behind her back with shoestrings. Around her neck was a bra that the attacker had knotted. So the article said that the bra was knotted around her neck. Sandra was stabbed and strangled. Her left breast had been amputated. Her body had been found six hours after her death. Ugh. Why, why, why the breast? Why do you, do you ever go into that just psychologically? Why? Um, no. Okay. Not in this episode. Okay. That's fine. That's probably fine. This is why I said we're going to want to split this up. Cause I could mm-hmm. probably do this in one episode and make it a longer episode. But I think with, What's already happening? We're going to want to break. Yeah. Okay. We have one now. Uh, We can have one in 20 minutes when I have to go put numbing cream on my ass. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Anyways. The next happen. The next attack would happen about two weeks later. On September 8th, 1982, Rose Beck Davis would be discovered. Rose was 30 years old. She was a marketing executive from Broadview. Her body had been found in the Gold Coast neighborhood, and she had been dumped under a stairwell. I hate that word dumped, but that's literally what they did. Yeah, it sounds like that's what they did to all of these women. Uh Uh-huh. Her sweater appeared to have been ripped off of her body. Her pants were not even on her body. They were located nearby. An autopsy determined that Rose had been stabbed repeatedly, raped, beaten so severely that she could not recognize or it was hard to recognize her face. She was strangled with a black sock. Her breast cut and mutilated. A large pool of blood had also accumulated from her anal cavity. Oh, God. She had suffered many blows from an axe to her face and head, and ultimately those those would be determined to be her cause of death. And she suffered nearly identical injuries as Sandra Delaware. Every time I think, like, it can't get worse, they they add something else in. Like, okay, they strangled her with her own clothes. Now they're, like, now they have an axe. Like, it's... Yeah, this whole thing is just always getting worse. Good God. Now, the next one is an attributed victim to them, but we'll talk about it in just a second. On September 11th, 1982, Carol Pappas would go missing. Carol was the wife of Chicago Cubs pitcher Milt Pappas. She had been shopping near Wheaton and would just vanish. Her body would not be found until five years later. Now, her death, yeah, it took a very long time. Now, her death is suspected to have been caused by the Ripper crew, and a lot of people just attribute her death to the Ripper crew. However, due to the time in which it took to find her, it was difficult to determine the cause of death. Um, And officially, Carol Papa's death was an accident. Mm -hmm. So, on the books, she is not not related to the Rippers. However, a lot of people are like, no, she was... Okay. And they obviously aren't going to tell us. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. 
On September 30th, 1982, the remains of the sixth victim, Shumak Shui. Shui Mok, she is discovered. Her remains were found in a field in South Barrington. Her autopsy was able to determine that she had died from a fracture to her school. She was only identifiable by the clothes that she was found in as they're what she was last seen in. So, not great. Her poor freaking family. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing that terrifies me. Like, having to um, identify a body is obviously bad enough. But when they ask you to identify the clothes the body was found in, I feel like that's worse, worse. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on October 6th, there's yet another victim. Beverly Washington, she is actually the final female victim. She had been found by a passerby by the railroad tracks in the Humboldt Park area. Her body was found mutilated. Her left breast had been amputated. Her right breast severely slashed. She had been raped and she had been stabbed several times. And she had a very long list of injuries. But Beverly survived. <gasps> yeah. The person that found her, they would quickly call police once they realized she was still alive, hanging on by a thread. And Beverly was able to give police descriptions of the men and the van that had been used to abduct her. So Beverly would describe the red Dodge van. And she would talk of its tinted windows. She would speak of the man that asked her how much for a quote-unquote date. And she described a man that she would be up to about 25 years old. He was white, had a slender build, had greasy brown hair, and I assume a greasy mustache. He did have a mustache. I just assume greasy. If his hair is greasy, his beard's probably greasy. Yeah. So this man, he also wore a flannel shirt and square-toed boots. Hell One- yeah, Beverly. She was... Part of this might have been because she remembered the man offering her a lot more money and she kind of had flags, but still got in. So that natural mm-hmm. instinct for her might have started kicking in right there. Yeah. But once she was in the van, the man would pull out a gun and force her to the back of the van. Now in the van, there is a plywood divider with a hinged door that separated the cab from the back. And so they're like, go back there between the, past the plywood and she complies she doesn't really have much of a choice she noted that in the van there were wooden shelves tools and electrical wiring and all all the get up she also noted that it was covered from floor to ceiling in carpet and the driver would command that she remove clothes again she has no choice so she does comply the man would then force her to perform oral sex on him And after he would rape her, and then some reports said while he was raping her, he would her to swallow pills. But regardless, she was forced to swallow pills, and after she did, she would quickly black out. Before she did black out, she remembered seeing a cord in the man's hands, and she she believed she was about to die. And then the next thing she remembered waking up. Um, I don't know what to say. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, on October 6, 1982, the same day, 28-year-old Rafael Tirado was shot just hours after police had found Beverly Washington. 
Rafael was a local drug dealer. He and his 18-year-old friend, Alberto Rosario, were Sources stated that Rafael was a victim in a random drive-by shooting that would later be connected to the man, the men attacking all these women. Rosario, while injured, he would survive the attack. Tirado would succumb to his injuries in the hospital. And this is the only male victim. Hmm. And we'll talk about that probably next episode. So we will find out why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why he was the only male, yeah. If that's what you're referring to. Yeah. So now with all of this information, initially they didn't necessarily connect Raphael to the Chicago Rippers, but they would eventually connect him. But with Beverly's statement and her description, this actually really helps lead police to finding the perpetrators. Now, they're starting on this trail, but on October 10th, 1982, the remains of Lori Borowski, the fifth victim are found in a cemetery in Clarendon Hills. This is five months after her abduction. Her body was found to have been mutilated, more specifically sexually mutilated. Her clothes had been scattered nearby. During her autopsy, they found that she had been repeatedly raped. A wire had been used to cut off her breasts. She had been beaten, and it appeared as though someone had It appeared as though something had been inserted into the wound of her amputated breast. And ultimately, her murder would come from injuries from an axe. And it's widely assumed that Lori, or it's widely believed that Lori had been kept hostage and alive for quite some time after having been abducted. And after she finally died, the people responsible would also keep her body in their possession for quite some time. This is believed because the Clarendon Hills Cemetery had previously been searched before. And her body showed up after. Uh Uh-huh. Her family said they searched that area not long before, and then her body showed up later. Now, like I said, police, they're starting to get some leads, get some ideas, and they're starting to kind of zero in on suspects or at least van and while they're doing this because they're not necessarily sure of the person but they know the van right they she gave them a really good description of the van so very quickly after beverly's attack police they start to go to the oh i should have googled this one apparently too Cerso circoro avenue i don't know how to say this guys i'm sorry i'm not from chicago but they would start going to this area there's a sex workers area and they talk to these sex workers about if they had seen the van, experiences, so on. They pass out flyers with the van's details, kind of warning them to avoid the van. Mm-hmm. And on October 20th, 1982, now remember, Beverly was attacked on October 6th. On October 20th, 1982, stop a red Dodge van. The van matched the description provided by Beverly Washington. But the driver did not match her description. The driver was a husky, redheaded man. But for the police, they're like, this van matches perfectly. The plywood door. She had even given them descriptions about what was hanging off of the air view. That matched. Everything about the van matched. The man driving was Edward Spritzer. When the police were talking to Edward, they asked who the van belonged to. And he basically tells police, oh, this is my boss's van. Um, you know, we 
for a construction company, basically. And they tell him the name Robin Getched. That is his boss. So when asked where he was heading, he's like, oh, we're heading to an apartment that we're I'm remodeling with Getch. And so the cops are like, well, we have a couple questions. For you. We'll just follow you. And so they do. He drives to the apartment and police get there. They ask Robin to come out and talk. Now, Robin Getch is born. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right either. And I'm saying it wrong just to piss him off. I was going to say, yeah, we don't care about Yeah, I don't name. care. So he was born November 30th, 1953. So he was 29 years old at the time of the He was a car- carpenter electrician. He was the owner of the red van, which kind of match up to the, the plywood door. He created it for whatever purpose. But he fit the description provided by Beverly Washington to a T is what the police said. Beverly already knows her shit. Uh-huh. Like she's proved it with the van already. Oh, it gets better. Oh, of course it does. He matched the description even down to the type of shirt and boots he was wearing that day. Fucking get it, Beverly. Yes. Yes. Now, police, when they start talking to him, they know how calm Getch is. And they're like, either this is a mix-up and we have the person, or we're looking at a psychopath here. But they, they tell Getch, you know, your van matched a description given to him about a potential crime. So down to HQ for questioning. By the way, HQ, they called Area 5. <laughs> and he agreed. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll come on down. No big deal. So he goes in for questioning. And while that's happening, police are searching his car. They find a white pill. And this pill was later determined to be a sedative. Police would not have enough to hold him, though, that day. So they do have to release him. And he appeared so laid back, not a care in the world. So they're like, well, can you come back in a couple weeks? We'll have some questions. I don't know if they asked right then, but they would ask Mm -hmm. him to come back in a couple weeks. And they continue their investigation after releasing him, and they find some bullshit. I hope you know I also have bullshit written in my notes, so this is just a bullshit episode. We've been talking about it since the beginning. (laughs) That's my daughter. It's shit. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Two years prior to the murders, Robin Getch had been charged with contributing to the sexual delinquency of a 14-year-old. Um... Okay. Yep. They would also find that in Getch's youth, he had molested his sister. Cool, 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 cool. Uh-huh. So he sucks. Sucks. So I'm it's... hearing, like, this is a pretty damn good suspect. Uh-huh. And his family would send, after the, his sister was molested by him, his family would send him to live with his grandma after this incident. And so police are like, huh, interesting. Now, since police already have Edward Spritzer kind of associated with at least the van, they're like, let's bring him on in for questioning. They actually do this the same day that Getch would come back for a second interview. Okay. Which, how long have we been going? I'll go a little bit longer. I'll go a little bit further. Do you need to numb your butt? In four minutes, yes. Okay. So this is, was my original stopping point, but we're getting through it a little bit faster. So I'm going to keep a little bit further. So they already have Edward Spreets and they're going to bring him in for questioning. And so, I mean, why not? So they bring Edward in and Edward Spreetser would confess. 
he would confess in a 78-page document. What? Now, I want to note, he claimed to be terrified of Getch. He was so terrified that, like, when offers, when the officers that were interviewing Getch showed Spritzer Getch, he would kind of start retracting everything. He just really feared that he would be killed by Getch. Now, he had some more specific details in the random drive-by of Rafael Dorado. So, Spritzer would claim that he was driving with Getch, and Getch would tell him, hey, slow down. Then Getch would take two guns from the back of the car and tell him, hey, stop the car. Getch would then open fire on Tirado and his friend Rosario. Now, this wasn't just for funsies, but at this point, the Ripper crew had also started taking murder-for-hire contracts to earn some side money. Where, where do you meet these people? I have, I have no idea. I, I, this is... Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. They're carpenters? <sighs> Yep. Like handymen? What? How? Yeah. Okay. Where do you meet these people? I just don't understand. You know what? I don't think I want to know. Yep. So then Spritzer, so he kind of gives more details about Rafael Tirado. Spritzer would then confess that on one occasion he was driving. Getch would tell him to slow down. They approached a sex worker. Getch would get out of the car. It's unclear what exactly Spritzer witnessed, but Getch would slice the woman's breast off and bring it back to the van. Um, Spritzer claimed to have been bothered by all the blood, but he kind of was like Getch was not even faced. Ultimately, Spritzer would confess to being part of seven murders, and I am going to save you some of the details the other one confessed to, because they were god-awful. And yeah, it does get worse. He, again, he claimed to have hated all the blood and gore, but he also claimed that Getch would just become so bloodlust crazy that he, after he amputated these women's breasts, he would masturbate into it. Into the wound. Into the amputated breast. <gasps> what? Why is, uh-huh. why is that worse? What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Though I will. Fucked. I will say on numerous reports. Uh, they do say that he had intercourse with the women's gaping wounds. See, this is why this guy, this is why he bothers me. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, I mean, amongst other things, but I just, it's. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <sighs> so, and obviously Spritzer is explaining Getch would do this. Like, he would do this. And he's like, well, typically Getch would wait until we made it back to the altar. And I'll talk altar. more. I'll talk more about the altar. It'll probably be next next time. <sighs> and but sometimes he was just so excited he couldn't wait to get back to the awful to the altar to defile this woman even more, and would just do it right away. Like you can't you cut off her breast and you're now using that for some sort of sick twisted sexual pr- pleasure. So again, he he did say that he would also do this in the women's wombs the wounds as well Uh, and he said oftentimes he could hear the women screaming in pain oh my god yep now here's a quote from his confession this also implicated additional women who were never found quote a black female was picked up blindfolded and gagged robin shot her point blank in the head put chains around her neck and legs attached two bowling balls and threw her in the water i understand her body was not found um 
these people okay. are just absolutely insane animals yeah. like these they're not human yeah so the police they are they're kind of attempting to shake getch because he's in for this interview and so they kind of show like getch hey look spritzer is telling us everything right as soon as spritzer saw getch he's like oh no 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 getch did not actually murder anyone no not did not happen and this really did appear to be a fear response from spritzer and Spritzer would, however, implicate Andrew Cocorales. I don't know if I'm saying that right either, and I didn't care to Google it. Um, and we're going to get to him next week. And <laughs> we'll talk more. Before we get to Andrew or before I wrap up, I want to just talk a little bit about how Getch acted for his second follow-up interview. Because the first time he came in, police were like, he's back. But the second time, he wasn't so laid back. He brought a lawyer with him. Instantly suspicious. Right? Right? So, whatever. So, they he brings a lawyer and they're kind of getting frustrated because now Spritzer is going back and saying, no, no, he didn't murder anyone. And so now they don't have anything to hold Getch on. And so they did have to release him, but they would keep doing some digging and found that Getch has always been disturbed. Right? We already know some of the other things he's done, but they're like, we got to keep digging. We got to get further in here. In his younger years, Getch would ask the girls he was dating if he could stab pins into their breasts while they had sex. No, you may they, not. Yeah, no. They found this, like, they were digging. They were like, we've got to find something. Getch's wife would come out and claim that he had once cut her breasts during sex without her consent, and she never reported it. And even Getch's neighbors would claim that they were frightened of him make icon sketch and i think that's where we're gonna leave it for today so i can go put numb and cream on my ass in a second it's wild to me that he made it as long as he did without um i don't even know how to finish that sentence because i was gonna say without being reported but he has a record he yes so uh, what how was he on the street i guess is my question um, it's not hard when they have no idea, like, so far his crimes have either not been reported or, or they're not serious enough for them to hold him, you know? Yeah. So, okay. If we can take a quick break, you gather your thoughts. I'm going to go put numbing cream on my booty. Are you ready for your story or do you have anything else you need to say about what I've gone no. over? No. <laughs> I was I was actually going to ask, like, can we talk about anything else? Yeah. What would you like to talk about? Um, do you want to talk about a prison? A haunted prison? Yeah, let's talk about a haunted prison. Okay, cool. So this is uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. Haven't we done this? Have we? Because it was on the drive, but it wasn't claimed. Maybe not. We don't. We haven't done a lot of prisons. We really haven't. Um, but there is one, like, because you covered a prison that had that Al Capone went to, but it wasn't this one, right? Didn't you cover? Um, 
Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. It was pretty recent. That's what I thought. I didn't mm. think it was this one, though. Because he did go to prison, oh my god, somewhere else where he actually died. Right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Hold on. Mm -hmm. I, don't think I've I don't think I've covered this one, but for some reason I thought Bree had. I really fucking hope not, because I literally just, like, scrolled down until I saw an unclaimed um, paranormal and chose that. Mm, I must be thinking something else. But it did sound familiar to me, too, until I started researching it, and I don't think we've covered it. But that did pop into my head a couple times where I was scared that we might have. I'm pretty sure we haven't. I bet you anything I'm just thinking. We've done, like, Eastern or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've done this one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we're pretty sure we haven't done this one. <laughs> so, Eastern State Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Um, the construction on this prison started in 1821, and the prison opened October 25th, 1829, and construction still continued while it was open. It was originally built two miles outside of Philadelphia. When it was built, it was the largest building in the U.S. It was the most expensive public building built in the U.S., and they spent they spent about seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars building this. That's like nothing for today. Yeah, today it would be twenty five million eight hundred fourteen thousand five hundred sixty one dollars and twenty nine cents. Say that That's one more all. time. I didn't comprehend any of what you just said. <laughs> Basically, it was almost twenty six million dollars. And 25 cents. Pretty penny right there. Yeah. People argue that this penitentiary is the most historic and the first true penitentiary because it was designed to inspire penitence. It was pretty radical and progressive when it was built. This building had running water, every cell had a faucet, they had flush toilets that the guards flushed remotely twice a week. That's not enough. That's not Oh, enough. gross. Yeah. And they also had central heating, which at the time they had curved pipes on one of the walls. And during the winter, it carried hot water through them. So it would actually heat the cells. This is in 1829. Okay. So what I thought was interesting, the White House did not have running water until 1883. They didn't have central heat until 1840. Um, Damn, they're just paving the way. They're like, you want yeah. some goodies? Here you go. And, and uh, the first flush toilet was installed in the White House in 1853. So these prisoners had shit for years that the president of the United States didn't have. Sucks to be them. <laughs> uh, it was built with the intention of deterring crime and inspiring regret so the guy that designed it uh, architect john haviland he designed the exterior of the prison prison excuse prison. me prison exterior of the prison <laughs> he designed it um like a medieval or a gothic castle did i seriously not put a picture of the outside of this damn building there 
How dare you? Oh my God. What? Who am I? Hold on. I got this. I know I had one somewhere. I'm looking. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it was meant to be because it was. They wanted you to look at this and literally be like, damn, I don't want to go there. I mean, yeah, damn. I don't. Well, kind of kind of do for ghost hunting purposes but no i don't really want to go there trust me i'm going to get into that we got to go here but (laughs) i mean dad we don't need to go there (laughs) no he'll be fine we need to go there you'll you'll (laughs) see okay um this is on my bucket list now i'll say that uh so john haviland he he claimed that this prison the way he designed it would strike fear into the hearts of those who thought of committing a crime this prison is absolutely and i'm looking at the aerial view and it's just mm-hmm. so almost looks like a windmill with the buildings yes and this is like this is philadelphia now so when it was first built it was two miles away obviously philadelphia spread and now it's like smack dab in the middle of it mm-hmm. it's freaking insane and they put uh they john johnny boy he put just as much thought into the inside of this prison as he did the outside. So I put um, a picture of one of the cells. And I think. Did it not? Damn. There should be a picture of a cell block, too. I don't see a cell block, but damn, this is a nice ass cell. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not it. Keep going. Are you looking at the the picture I'm talking about? Are you looking at the (laughs) decrepit one that looks aged? Yeah, that one's normal. We'll get to the really nice one. I promise. I'll tell okay. you. Okay. I was like, that's what a hell of a cell. <laughs> I'm sorry, a whole ass writing desk right there? You got flowers and that's not even the cell. That's probably the, the, like the officer's quarters. No, it's a cell. Oh, shit. Yeah. There's, oh, like God, said, that'd be a horrible cell block to walk. Can you imagine having, I'm looking at a picture of cell block, just down, straight down. Mm-hmm. And it's dark on one end, but really light on the, I want to be on the light end. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I, I added a bunch more pictures. <laughs> so on the inside of the building, you can tell if you look down the hallways, the cell blocks were built to look like cathedrals or churches because they wanted the prisoners to reflect on what they'd done wrong. So they made it look, yes, exactly. They made it look like a church. The hallways going down, did I skip a bullet? I don't know. Yes. I think I did, actually. Blame it on the animals because they're distracting you. (laughs) She was. She keeps clawing the couch, but I nailed her ass. So good. Uh, yeah, no, you called it because it's kind of, you said it looks like a windmill or a wagon wheel. So you have a tower in the middle and then these cell blocks come off like the spokes of a wagon. So you can, in essence, just look straight down and see like, oh, this prisoner's trying to escape. Uh, you cannot look straight down and see, I could not look straight down and be like, yeah, the one at the very end is trying to escape. Yeah, I couldn't, but I assume other people could. I would need my glasses. Look, even with my glasses, I'd be like, is that <laughs> is that a ghost or a prisoner running at me? Hold on. Hold on. That's a prisoner. Hold on. Let me go oh, over back okay. up. Yeah. 
The only reason I knew is because they were running at me and they're getting bigger. And then I'd still be like, what prisoner is that? Hold on. Let me adjust my eyes. What prisoner? Oh, oh I that's just Jerry. It is. He's running towards me. We're. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to square up. I'm not going to be good at that. <laughs> I didn't say I would be good at it. I just said I'm I was st- going to. I'm still going to be squinting trying to see who it is. Like, <laughs> at that point, I'm either running or I'm ready to fight. They're running at me like, okay, I got to figure something else out. I mean, at that point, I'm not even in there. That looks like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm stuck on this being like a, the wheel or the pinwheel. This is not a very friendly design because, yeah. my God, the amount of steps these officers probably got in a freaking day. No, I don't like it. It's just a ten thousand steps per hall. Probably have to go down each one. I should have looked up how long it was, but I didn't do that. Uh, but they were oh, they were tall as shit. The hallways, the cell blocks, they had thirty foot vaulted ceilings. The cell doors were originally made intentionally small, so when the inmates were going into their cells, they had to bow as an expression of humbleness. And each cell had a small skylight to let the hot to let the light in from heaven, and to feel the gaze of God's eyes watching them. I mean, they're trying something. I will say, I kind of like the fact that they're like you have to bend and be humble to get into this cell. Yeah, um, they were really forcing the, which is argue. People argue this is where the the word penitentiary comes from because they're really hammering the penitents here they yeah they're like bow be humble let the light of god and heaven shine on you what if that you feel that you feel that person watching you that's god sir that's jesus god that's not jimmy up on the roof that's jesus what about the people on the lower floor because they can't have a skylight Ah, that's see, that's a good question. Those were built later because remember, I said when it was open, they were still building. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we'll but they didn't that. get a light. They didn't get a window like that. No, they didn't get a skylight. By that like, time, they replaced it with a window on the wall. They didn't get the the skylight. They got jibbed. Those people were like, "You're lucky to even have a." Window. Oh well, funny you should say that. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> um, each corridor or cell block, whatever you want to call it, hallway, these tall-ass hallways, they were lined with rows of private cells because when the prison first opened, it was completely solitary confinement. Sucks to be them. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> they eventually got rid of them but originally, it was built with a small exercise yard attached to each individual cell. And when they, when they let the prisoners out for their one-hour-a-day exercise, they made sure to let them out strategically to where you and your neighbor were not outside at the same time so they couldn't talk. So they were like, Jimmy, your neighbor Dolores cannot be right next to you. We're going to go like four doors down and let out Brad. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get that they're like, y'all are in solitary confinement. But what I'm envisioning is you've got that video that's like, oh, God, of course, I can't remember all of it now that I'm talking about it, where it's like the, hey, hey, you, what's your name? 
You know what I'm talking about? Ezekiel. <laughs> what okay. do they say? Fuck you, Ezekiel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm envisioning. But in this prison <laughs> with them in their separate, you know, separate yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got him going, hey, what's your name? <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yeah. If they wanted to talk, that's um, kind of how they had to do it. And then they were punished severely for talking to other roommates. Roommates? Sorry. Roommates. I mean, yeah. they're, they're some, some sort of mates, but. <laughs> um, they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't talk to each other at all, but they could have pets. What? Or, yeah, they were allowed to have in these little exercise yards they had. They could garden. And some prisoners had pet canaries and rats. Okay, those aren't pets. Those are rodents. I mean, what else are you going to have in a prison? I don't know where the guys got canaries. But like a rat, I can see you being like, hey, let's be buds. Nope. Nope. I mean, I guess maybe in solitary confinement, but I would rather talk to a rat. (laughs) To the wall? (laughs) Yes, I don't care what it is. Paint a face on it. It's my friend. I'm not talking to that. You don't have to paint a face on it. But we'll get to that too. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're really nailing it this episode, <laughs> by the way. You're doing a really good job. Like, I've almost <laughs> heard this story before. <laughs> okay, don't make me nervous. <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't think we've covered it. <laughs> the yards were also enclosed by really high walls because, you know, can't talk to nobody. Um, If the prisoners had to leave their cells, they were made to wear hoods so they didn't learn the layout of the prison. And that one terrifying picture is a picture of the hood that they would be made to wear, which is literally, it just looks like a bag on your head with eyes cut out of it. Hold on, wait. So this was so that they couldn't memorize the Guys, it's a straight line. This is not a hard <laughs> layout to memorize. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. What are they going to memorize? There's no lefts or rights. It's a straight line. Well, when you get to the middle, you kind of have to walk in a circle. So maybe if they just had to walk down the hallway and go the next hallway over, they just made them walk the circle a couple times. This guy's like in the hoods, like, oh my God, my feet hurt. I've been walking two hours. And the I'm prison sorry. guard's like, do you know what way your cell is? And the poor guy probably that way and is correct on accident. Six oh, more no. laps. <laughs> That's my luck. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine this being a hard layout. Then mm. it, it did also, I mean, it was for the layout. It was also so they couldn't talk to other prisoners. Like, I guess presumably they wouldn't even know there was someone else there. But they're with a guard, too, so I don't know. I don't. But wouldn't other prisoners be able to see them? Yes. But you still get in trouble for talking. Why does it matter if you see them, then? I, I don't know. I guess to add to the solitary confinement of it all? To add to the mystery. Mm-hmm. They like, weren't we able to, to to talk to people. Like the warden legally had to visit every inmate every day. Yeah. What? Yeah. I hope they have a warden for each branch because he's going to be 
Holy Hannah. That's his whole last day. Hi, sir. How are you? Moving on. Hi, sir. How are you? on hi sir stop moving on like what what else is he gonna do he's literally nice rat he's literally sprinting through those halls like hi 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 high five hi hi like what i bet you he actually did and that's how he got away with it there's no way there is no Mm -hmm. way because these are so long granted not all of these i get that not all of probably sells and I'm sure there was like the hospital or like the police quarters or like their whatever. But that is so much walking. Is so much talking. That's so much socialized. That's my worst nightmare. That's a no. That's, that rather, is prison. I would rather be the one in prison than that war. Okay. Mm-hmm. Daily. Every <laughs> single one of them. It honestly sounds like the warden was in his own prison. That's the secret. The warden is the worst prisoner in the prison. Oh my god, the warden was like, what did I do to deserve this hell? (laughs) God, it's a warden's freaking hellish hellish nightmare. Oh my god, that's so awful. That's what'll happen to us if we go to hell. They're just gonna put us as we have to go speak to people every single day. No, absolutely not. I can't. That's our circle of hell. (laughs) You get eight hours, that's how long I'm at work. And there are some days where by the end of it, I'm just like, I can't talk to another freaking person. No. I can't imagine. I'm sorry, I'm so stuck on this. The warden every... How many prisoners were in there? At a time? Uh, At once? You would ask me that, wouldn't you? Here, hold on. Yeah, because that's an important factor. If you're like, oh yeah, the only prisoners, then it's like, okay, well that's five people that you only have to talk to. But these are long assholes. I know it was collectively over 75,000 people, but the spoiler alert, the prison was also open for 140-something years. So. Okay, so 75,000. Right? That's what you said? Yeah. Uh, 140 years? Uh, I think it's like 142. Just do 140. Okay, that is, on average, per year... 535 inmates. Now a that day? does not absolutely that not doesn't me- necessarily mean a day. That's on average throughout the year. This is the worst thing I've ever. Okay, I believe it says 250 people. That 250 was when people. Opened. That's when they opened, not as oh, they kept adding. No, cells. no, sir. No, 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 no. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Two, you want me to talk to 250 people a day? I'm so stuck on this. I haven't even, like, that's just half of the bullet. That's the haunting right there. Is That's the true paranormal. <laughs> that's actually the true crime. The other half of this bullet, the little sub-bullet within a bullet, the overseers, they had to see every one of their specific inmates. So I guess if you're, like, on cell block one, you had to see... Every one of those inmates three times a day. But you didn't have to talk to them. You just had to see them. That was unclear. Okay, I, I'll be an overseer. Peek in, close it. Peek in, close it. Because <laughs> if, if you just have to see it, like, three times a day, there's 40 cells, one person in each cell. You could do that. Yeah. I don't have to talk to them. Great. Done. The warden. I don't know what he did to deserve that type of punishment. <laughs> uh, so 
I was telling you about the cells just then. Okay. In 1836, they finished the original building because, spoiler alert, we're going to add on to it later. But subblocks one through three. Let's they get were all real. Just... There is no good haunted anything that hasn't been added on to. No. That's where your haunties come from. That add-ons cause yeah. disturbances in the force. And yeah, that's <laughs> how that goes. Yeah. And then ghosts just pop up. That's what happens. That's actually scientifically accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't forget to grab your lightsaber on the way into <laughs> this <laughs> this place and make into sure to use prison. the force. Yeah. So the, the single story cells, um, that's the picture you see where ceiling's tall as hell, tiny door. Like there's like a cart or something in the middle. But by 1831, they started building cells with two stories to accommodate overcrowding. So they basically took this guy's original. Oh, plan, man. And then they were like, nope. Add a second story in there. We got too many people. Oh, man, that sucks. Did they do this on, like, the already built ones where they added a story to the places already built? I question that, and I question that because that <laughs> sucks for that cell, that person in that cell that's this beautiful sunlight. They've got a great tan. Now they're on the bottom floor, and someone is above them taking up their sun. No, I don't believe they do that. I think okay. or they did that. I think they're still like this. Okay. They just okay, started okay. adding the um, new structures, the add-ons. Yes. Okay. So cell blocks four through seven, they all have two stories. And this is when they took away the skylights and they just added a narrow window. Okay. So you didn't want to be in four through seven. Absolutely. Those were the sunbathing rooms. Yes. Because they also, in nineteen eleven, they added cell block twelve, which were three stories. 40 cells each, no vaulted ceilings, and the narrow windows. Well, at least they still got a window. I mean, I guess. Sucks at that point. I mean, I think it sucks anyways. Huh. Charles Dickens, he, th he thinks it sucks. <laughs> he visited the prison. <laughs> he visited the Charles Dickens thinks it sucks too. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, I'm crying. <laughs> what Dickens is happening? That's a fact. He visited it. <laughs> it's just how you said it is he thinks it sucks. Okay. <laughs> Why is Charles Dickens visiting prisons? Oh my gosh. Um, a lot of people visited <laughs> this prison other than Charles Dickens. Um <laughs> Charles Dickens was just the only one that was like, it sucks, guys. A lot of people like from I don't know, some French guy, he came and seen it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people would come visit it from other countries because after this prison was built, they it's like supposedly the first in its world what in its own little world it was the first of its kind built in the world okay <sighs> so a lot of people came to visit it charles dickens he visited it in 1842 
And he later wrote about the prison. The system is rigid, strict, and hopeless solitary confinement. I believe it, in its effects, to be cruel and wrong. And he compared the lives of the inmates here to being buried alive. Feels like a them problem. Yeah, so he wasn't a fan. He's like, this is stupid. <laughs> In, no, by 1913, solitary confinement was done for. They were like, no, we need more room. Start cramming them in. So each cell had at least two, sometimes three inmates. Is that where the uh, fancy cells start coming in with two beds? <laughs> um, Yeah, just about. We're almost there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm um, waiting. That's the room I want. Now, they didn't do away with solitary confinement because they had the hole. Duh. Every prison, I think, has a hole. Every prison has the hole. Yeah. Now, Dad, the hole. tell us about the jail. Did it have the hole? I assume it did. I bet it did. Tell us about it. Call me. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably not going to call me. Or if he does, he's going to be like, you're an idiot. They don't do that anymore. He's going to say what they do now. I'm just <laughs> that's the conversation i want to hear okay i'll let you know so the hole of course i think everybody already knows what this is is four underground cells the people here got no light no air no human contact they had low ceilings no plumbing and while they were in here they were only fed bread and water that's what yeah. you want me to okay you know what i can survive off of this. that's fine can I at least get some butter on my bread? Was that allowed? Absolutely not. Butter's a carb. Dry bread. That's what you want me to eat. Dry bread. You can dip it in the water. That is absolutely heinous. I mean, yeah, it is, but... The only thing you dip your toast, not even just bread, your toast into is hot chocolate. <laughs> what the hell did you just say to me? Oh, apparently you never did that. No, that sounds horrible. Uh, that does not sound good. Something toast? about toast with some butter dipped in some hot chocolate. Are you okay? I grew up on that. Money? My parents gave it to us. <laughs> no, that's an option that's opted into. I thought you were going to tell me, damn, tomato soup or gravy or like. I was thinking drink wise. Uh, th- I think I'd rather have water. Okay, well. You're going to have to try some hot chocolate with some toast. Just do a little dippy dip. Make sure some of the butter is on there, too. <laughs> I guess remind me and I'll try it. But that does not sound. We buy unsalted butter. Do I need to salt it as well? Does it need the salt? I don't. I it's just whatever butter you want. Mm. I normally just do margarine for that real fake butter taste. I don't think I've ever intentionally had margarine. Like the, I can't believe it's not butter with that real fake buttery taste. Oh, that stuff's expensive. We don't get well, that. I just said like that. I didn't mean that. Oh, so the cheap butter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure I've had that. I I can't be the only one, okay? Guys, send us your weir- weird food combinations and Amanda will try them. Ugh, sounds... <laughs> I could probably make myself do it. Do it any anyway. <laughs> do um. I didn't so, think it was that uncommon. I apologize. That wasn't the only form of torture here. They also made them eat toast with hot chocolate. <laughs> that um, is that is a privilege. <laughs> Thank you. 
No, they um they had something called the water bath. Do you know what this is? Do you want to guess? This it's not feels a bath. like waterboarding. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which I would prefer, honestly. Probably I would prefer waterboarding. The water bath was where they doused prisoners with water and then they hung them on the walls outside during the winter until ice formed on their skin. That seems inhumane. A little bit, I think. A little dangerous. I don't think you're supposed to let ice form on your skin. No, I don't think so either. I think I you're also supposed to do exactly opposite of that. I also don't think you're supposed to treat prisoners. like Maybe that's just like a day and age thing. Like today you're not supposed to treat prisoners like that. Oh, I think they changed that in the 70s. Well, maybe they. we should jump back in time and tell them, hey, by the way, guys, this changes. Let's stop doing that. Instead, <laughs> instead, start giving everyone some hot chocolate and toast. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds like a torture. It sounds it divine. Do, it, do it. It's so good. I can't be the only one. I remember growing up on it. Okay, go on. So do you see the picture of that nice little red chair there? Yeah, I thought that's where they were going to waterboard people, but guess not. No, silly. That's the mad chair. Like they're angry mad or no. like they're insane mad? Yeah, that's the one. They that's were bound to this chair so tightly that it cut off their circulation. And a lot of times after they were released, prisoners needed amputations. This is an aggressive timeout chair. <laughs> It was called the mad chair because prisoners often went insane in this chair because it is literally just a chair that so, they strap you to. And the chair is in a small cell. So you're still just. It just feels so, worse. <laughs> they're not insane when they go into the chair. No, not usually. Only when they come out. So what was the reason for putting them in the chair? Hmm, it's something bad. So maybe they were mad. They were ang angry or whatever. Yeah. They could have talked to somebody. They could have gotten into a fight. These weren't... Um, they didn't really have these in mind when they built the prison. People, these were an add-on? Yeah. Employees just kind of come up with these things as the uh, <clears throat> the years went by. The employees were like, we don't know what to do with Ezekiel. Just put him in the chair. Yeah. Put him in the chair. And give him an iron gag. No big deal. Did it, wait, did you say an iron gag? Did uh -huh. I miss that detail to begin with? No, I haven't told you yet. That's the next one. That was a segue. Did it work? Too well. Okay, cool. So, Is the, that the iron... iron gag right there? No. Is that, are you sure that's not the iron gag hanging on that thing? Pretty positive. There's a nope, circular the thing. Do you want to see the iron gag? I don't know. Probably, if can, yeah. If I can find the right picture, yep. Perfect. Thank you very much. I don't know why you don't just put these pictures in, because you know I'm going to ask. I, I really have put a... I usually don't put this many pictures in, but I have put in a ton of pictures this time. <laughs> There's the okay. iron bag. Are you sure that's not the iron gag that they've got hanging on the thing? Because that could easily be an iron gag, but just, like, more updated. Well, that part, um, the chain goes around the back of your head. So that part goes in your mouth. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So that would be too big. Well, no, I'm saying they could have like a little indent in it to your mouth. Well, it goes up too. And with the iron gag, the chains go behind your head, down your back, and then they're attached to your wrists that are chained behind your back. That, I don't like that. That seems just like a whole lot of bullshit. Um, it causes your tongue to tear and bleed also. Yeah. Yeah, we would definitely have the iron gag 24-7. They'd be like, Bryce and Amanda, do not shut up. <laughs> all yeah. day, all we hear are TikToks and and We would be the memes. ones yelling Ezekiel. And they would be like, who the hell is Ezekiel? And I'd be like, <laughs> her, right there. And I'll be like, no, it's her, right there. Fuck <laughs> you, Ezekiel. <laughs> I'm going to have to find that video after this, that TikTok or whatever find so they had um a couple of famous inmates in the years it operated um al capone he served eight months here in 1929 and 1930 now go back to that really pretty nice looking cell okay this done. was al capone's cell it was the most extravagant in the prison he had a desk he had lamps oil paintings a record player he had antique furniture and a vase with flowers in it, gladiolas specifically. This feels like a lot of favoritism. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, here, Mr. Capone, here are your flowers. Here's your beautiful writing. Why does he get the fancy stuff? Because he had the money for it. He's in jail! What's your point? He's in solitary confinement. There are two beds beds in there. He is not in solitary confinement. I refuse to believe that. Regardless of these fancy digs, Al Capone was said to scream every night for Jimmy to go away and leave him alone. And he claimed that this was the ghost of James Clark, which is one of his victims on the Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago, was haunting them, which I'm pretty sure you've covered. I've covered, yeah. Mm-hmm. so maybe that's what the second bed was for maybe he's like jimmy just lay down we're trying to go to bed jimmy just lay down and just give it a rest for the love of god i'm tired it's been a really long day of being al capone we're finally back in our cell enjoying our life and you're screaming at me go lay down just look at the painting there's gladiolas over there just the chill. multiple painting yes multiple paintings <laughs> Another famous inmate who did not have fancy things like Al Capone did was Willie Sutton. He was a famous bank robber that was held here. He and 11 other men tried to escape through a tunnel in 1945. They did not succeed. They were caught relatively quickly, some in minutes. And... A fun quote I found of Willie Sutton, who claimed to be the brains behind the prison break, by the way. I would not be claiming that if it failed. I'd be like, yeah, that was Amanda's idea. That's what I'm screaming. Like, why would you? I don't even know how I got roped into this. Not my idea. Not my circus. Not my monkey. Somebody asked him once, why do you rob banks? And Willie Sutton told them. Because that's where the money is. I was about to say, because that's where the money is. Yeah, that was him. Oh, well, I uh, put him on the drive. Okay. 
So this... race, race to whoever gets him first now. There's one more picture I have to upload because I didn't want you to see it yet. This is my favorite inmate, okay? His name was Pep, P-E-P. According to prison records, he was intake number C2559, and he was sentenced to life in Eastern State Penitentiary for murder. He was one and a half years old. He was a black Wait. Scotch terrier. He was friendly and good-mannered, good-natured, excuse me, and he was sentenced for murdering the governor's wife's cat. Did you see the picture? Sir, leave that poor baby alone. Look at the good boy. He's such a good boy. People were pissed, Bryce. They were so mad. Me that too. The governor sent this dog to prison, but Governor Pinchett, I don't know if that's his name. That's what I'm going with. He came out and he told the press that his actual intention was to boost morale due to overcrowding at the prison. And that's why he chose one of his dogs to quote unquote sentence to life because it's a quote. The reason why I sent Pep to the Eastern Penitentiary is with the hope that a lot that the lot of prisoners would be lightened and their progress advanced by having a dog for company. And in 1926, Miss Pinchett declared that Pep never killed a cat or anything else. It is all a slanderous and unjustified attack on his reputation. Of course I'm on her side. <laughs> the slander and the lies bullshit. Pep never did anything wrong. Look at the good boys. Two years at Eastern State Penitentiary before he was transferred to SCI Greaterford, which is another prison. It was described as Eastern State Penitentiary's farm branch. And he lived his life, he lived the rest of his life there. And when he eventually died of old age, he was buried on the grounds in his favorite flower bed. Okay. First of all, he should never have been in prison. Look at his face. He's he looks sad. Such a good boy. He He's does. Such a good boy. You put him around actual good boys mm -hmm. can sense that. Yeah. They have a good judge of characters. I'm so glad that Philadelphia was just they came together and they were like, what the fuck? Get him out. But then they didn't get him out. No, they sent him to the farm branch. And that sounded like uh, like the prisons of old, uh, I was going to say prisons of old, this is prison of old days, but the prisons of the older like, days. Yeah, they grow their own food and stuff like that. It sounded like one of those types of prisons. So he could go and run it. But why is he I in was going to say run and be free, but he's still in prison. So, But he's a good boy. Oh, Pat. Yeah, Pep's my favorite. Justice, Justice for, Pep. for Pep. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. I'm glad we both went there. <laughs> Eastern State Penitentiary, it closed in 1971. Uh, yeah, so it was open for 142 years. The city of Philadelphia bought the prison from the state in 1980. They kind of went back and forth over what to do with it. They talked about tearing it down and then decided not to, and they leased it to a nonprofit organization. Today, it's owned by Eastern State Penitentiary Historic Site Incorporated. 
and it's located in downtown Philadelphia. It has two tours. It has a night tour and a day tour. Okay. I thought putting this at the end because I didn't want to, but so they have an annual haunted house and it was originally called Terror Behind the Walls at Eastern State Penitentiary. And this haunted house acts as like a fundraiser for the prison. It's said to be one of the biggest and highest rated haunted houses in the United States. Terror Behind the Walls pays for roughly 66% of the prison's operating budget. That's Damn. freaking huge. Yeah. Now, because of COVID, they did temporarily close Terror Nights. It came back in 2021 and they rebranded it as Horror Nights. Bryce, we have to go. This is Horror Nights is not a haunted house. It's a whole ass festival. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I can see s'mores and lore. Yes. Uh, the crypt, nightmares, machine shop. They have, uh, they run it from September 22nd to November 11th. They have five haunted houses on 10 acres, over 200 actors and actresses a night. They have about 25 makeup artists that do special effects makeup on these actors. They still do historic tours, but they also have theme bars and lounges. They have storytelling. They have like characters just walking around trying to scare people. And if you buy VIP tickets online before you go, you can go to the Speakeasy in Al Capone's cell. We have to go. We have to. Oh, and it comes with a complimentary drink. So you get one drink for free. So you get to go to Al Capone's Speakeasy and you get one free drink. Come on. It sells itself. Guys, we, Dad, we have to go. You got to go with us. Can you imagine? Your dad we likes prisons. To. He's been in a ton of them, right? Well, mostly in jails, but. Yeah. Eh, okay. Potato, so potato. Yeah. Yeah. But, Dad, listen, it's the speakeasy at Al Capone's cell. We kind of need to go. Like, come on. That has historical importance in the world. And can you imagine seeing that, Dad? You have to, you're you going with us. On. You got to go. There's the Bloodline Lounge, Kaleidoscope Hall, uh, Big Top Terror, uh, Hospital Flashlight Tour. I also saw the Boogie Monsters, Pumpkin Plaza. Like, Dad, come on. Yeah, there's this come on. <laughs> like, I only, I, I don't even know what else to say. And I do, okay, I do like this, too. Um. You can opt in. I'm not <laughs> hard pass, but if you want, if you have the balls, you can opt into the full experience by grabbing a glow light necklace when you first enter the festival. And if actors see you wearing this glow light necklace, then change. that means you are consenting to be grabbed, yanked, pushed, uh, separated from your group, and even potentially thrown into secret passages. Oh. I kind of um, want to see the secret passages, though. I don't think I do. <laughs> I just, I kind of want to see them. If you don't get a necklace, then you will not be intentionally touched. I'm sure, like, it's going to happen, you know, but they're not, you're not going to get shoved down a creepy hallway. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. recommended for kids 12 and up, and kids under 7 aren't allowed in at all. 
sweet. So not too many screaming kids. Right. And the kids can still come into the lounge with you too. You know, as long as they're old enough, they, they do serve non-alcoholic drinks as well. They have sodas and stuff. Okay. So now we got the haunts, which is why I'm telling you about this. Because <clears throat> they didn't pay me to shout them out like that. But if they want to, I'll take it. Inmates and employees at the prison have reported experiencing strange phenomena all the way back since the 1940s. So this place has been haunted for a long time. People claim to hear throughout the prison weeping, giggling, whispering, screams, unexplained noises, cries of pain, sadistic laughter, door handles jiggling or cell doors opening and slamming shut. They hear furniture being dragged across the floor, heavy objects rolling across the floor, and they hear footsteps. I hate that all. The giggling always gets us. The sadistic laughter to me, like, why do you, why do you have to use that adjective? Why that one specifically? They see shadow figures, orbs, streaks of light. Uh, people report seeing the figure of a guard keeping watch in one of the towers when nobody's up there. They feel tapping on shoulders, overwhelming sensations of being watched. That just feels really creepy to me, considering they originally had plans to build all the cells with the skylights. Oh, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Feelings of dread, depression. Uh, one woman claimed to be slapped on the ass in the showers. <laughs> Damn, that ghost was like, hey, girl. Yeah, like, I mean, you're a woman in a prison. What can you really expect, right? Get it, girl. <laughs> Want to come back to my cell block with me? <laughs> no, that's not allowed. And some of the specific cell blocks, they have their own specific haunts, too. So I got those for you. Cell block four, people see flashes of tortured faces when they go or walk through this cell block. One story specifically claims that there was a locksmith and he always did, I don't know, all the locky work, all the locksmith things for the prison. They called him out one day because he was to open cell block four. It had been sealed shut for a number of years and when they finally decided to open it back up and start refurbishing it or remodeling or not remodel what is it when you have to like rebuild it um repair Re yes re renovate renovate ah, I we got there we got there together uh when they decided they were going to renovate it they called him out and he said that when he got the door open he was overcome with this huge rush of strength, like just mad strength that would not let him move. And he started seeing anguished faces on the walls around him. And one of them in particular was like beckoning him to come inside the oh. cell block. Not, not going in with you, sir. Stranger he, danger. Yeah, he did not. He got the hell out of there. <laughs> Can't say that I blame him. Cell block six, people report shadow figures sliding along the walls, which just gives me just shivers that. up my spine heebie-jeebies. The idea of something sliding along the wall. Yes. Uh-uh. 
People also hear whispers, screams, and laughter a lot in this cell block. Cell block 12 is really active. This is one of the places, like, if you're wanting stuff to happen to you, this is where people are like, cell block 12. They get, they get a lot of whispers. Hackling, which I also hate that word. Hackling, like what witches do? Yes. Hackling laughter. Okay, well, you know what? Let them cackle, I guess. You've got all the worst types of laughter at Eastern State Penitentiary. They've got, You've got cackling, giggling. Uh, what was the other one? Satanic. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what Sadistic. it was. Sadistic. Sadistic. Same thing, honestly. Same, same, same. They also see a lot of apparitions of prisoners here in this cell block. And then the final spot that I saw mentioned a lot was the catwalk. Another really highly active spot. They have gotten a shadow figure caught on video. They get a lot of temperature fluctuation, extreme temperature fluctuations. And there was a male voice that somebody caught on an EVP that said, I'm lonely. I'm, that's probably the one that grabbed the woman's ass. Probably so. Oh, you know what? I should have checked to see if she's the one that caught it. Probably. I didn't it's do like, my due hey, diligence. Girl. I'm sorry. Gosh, dang it. But that is the, uh, that's the Eastern State Penitentiary. You know, I kind of love it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I other than really... the hell that Warden went through on a daily basis. That's honestly the most, that is the most torturous thing about this entire prison. Like, I get that that was 500 prisoner, 500 plus prisoners a year, but that is 500 prisoners they have to talk to. No. Throughout that no. year. I don't even talk to 500 people in a year. Mm-mm. I probably don't even talk to 50 people. Mom, dad, brother, sister. In-laws, 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 couple friends. Where I'm looking at like 20 people I talk to on a regular basis. I don't even talk to you on a regular basis. Oh, no, we text more frequently. Actually, yeah. no, we do talk. You can't say it's not regular, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking every weekend. Okay, not every day, though. Oh, I don't want to talk to you every day. No, God, no. That's I didn't say funny. on a daily basis. I said on a regular basis. Well, he had to talk to him on a daily basis. And I guess, yep. like, at the beginning, when the when the prison first opened, there was only... 250. Oh, God. Three wings. Three wings, 40 cells. That's, what, 120 people? That's still too many. 120 people too many. And you're just getting more and more every year? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Nope. Underpaid. Maybe they were, like, a people pleaser and they loved it. So they walked around every day and they're like, best job i literally now i feel bad for the prisoners (laughs) they were like walking around like hey ezekiel hey frederick how's it going how's that oh wait can't talk back (laughs) let me tell you about my date like what if they were that warden oh my god i bet i bet they were the how's it hanging they were saying that to the people freezing outside like hey guys how's it hanging oh not frozen yet i'll see you in a couple minutes i'll come back can't tippy tap on your leg and hear that nice icy Crunch. Oh, yeah, I hate this place. And this is Ugh. me shortening it, by the way, because like I said, this was seven pages. So, and I had a lot to say, so it's probably a good thing that you shortened it. Sorry, <laughs> but this one was this one's. I mean, I kind of had to do it big. 
Uh, I tried to know, do him justice. He's a big old boy, though. Justice for Pep. Justice for man. That poor Pep. baby. Look at him. He's so sad. He does look just so sad too. He looks like like I know it said he was a what the hell did I say he was a Scottish Scotch. What? He looks like a black lab. He does. He was yeah. a black Scotch retriever. Just a picture of black lab with an inmate sign hanging around his neck. And that's what you're looking at. That's Pep. And with the puppy eyes. Oh, the puppy eyes. Those I, little... I really do. I want to go to this prison really bad. I do too, but I bet you anything I get a call and say, you're not going. Oh, come on. Don't be lame. Well, have you not talked to my dad before? Have you not caught on that he's the king of Lamos? What a loser. He doesn't want to do anything fun. How can he spend his whole ass <laughs> career in a jail and tell you you're not allowed to go to one? Because it's a do <laughs> as I say, not as I do type of thing, I think. <laughs> See, I'm not good with those, though. I'm not I, even good with do as I say. I mean, I'm not. We're neither of us are good at that. He keeps <laughs> complaining that we don't follow directions. You think he'd give up like my dad did, but he uh. doesn't give up. No, he's very persistent. That's where I get my persistence from. So oh, I don't know. My parents told me I get my stubbornness from my grandma. So maybe that's why they gave up. <laughs> They're like, it's not going to happen yeah. for her. It skips this generation. So just let her do what she wants. Just don't tell her what to do. And then she's not going to do the opposite. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. No yeah. big deal. Well, I, lo I love it, but I hate it because I still want, like, I don't want to go and pet, but there will never be justice for pet. Yeah. And that, la oh, that last picture, uh, that is the intake record, Pep's intake record. So it I says 2559 Pep, alias a dog, and he's in for murder and he's doing life. He was, this is so so wrong he didn't do anything that was mm -hmm. um why can i not think of the word it starts with an s slandered slandered yeah so much slander against him i love that he blamed his wife in the beginning was like he killed my wife's cat and then his wife come out and was like this was just slanderous and an unjustified attack on his reputation she was like that did not happen i was not part of this shit i <laughs> love that dog that dog oh so he actually okay Pep actually stayed there 24-7? Yes. He lived in the prison. He wasn't like, he wasn't actually a prisoner, but he lived with them. He was, I don't know, I guess an emotional support prisoner. Okay, but I don't think that, look, I'm not trying to be that person, but also I'm kind of thinking at that time, that was, he probably needed emotional. Yeah. So. I, I would agree with that, yeah. Ugh, it's a love-hate thing. I love it, but I hate it. But it's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. For this episode, you can Instagram, Hell on Heels podcast, X, formerly Twitter, Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook, Hell on Heels podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create additional content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're specials for patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions, you're 
words of encouragement, please email us at hellpodcast.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends as well. Bye. Bye.